0: I'm your host, Luke Grilly, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Jerry Burris, who has finally crawled out of his hole of depression and despair after the Cavs won 112-97 over the Warriors in game five of the finals. Now standing at 3-2 in favor of Golden State, the series shifts to Game Six in Cleveland Thursday night as the Cavs hope to even the series at three apiece and force a game seven. So so Jerry, tell the people, how are you feeling after the huge game five win?
1: I feel as excited as Aisha Curry looking at her, her husband's brand new white shoes. I am so ecstatic that we are back in Cleveland on Thursday. I can't wait to get this thing going. Yeah, it's gonna be
0: uh, an electric atmosphere at at the queue for sure um i'll be in cleveland on thursday night hopefully try to check out the game somewhere local so i can get a taste of the local flavor but i'm looking forward to it and i know our special guest jason farky farkas our nba guru here at the never ending glory podcast is also looking forward to it uh jason how's it going down in tampa how's 100 percent humidity treating your pores right now
2: it was 108 heat index today brutal But I went to work with the biggest smile on my face, cheek to cheek today. I hope we all did. We deserved it. Sure
1: did.
0: It was an absolute beautiful game last night by the Cavs. You know, it seemed like that Clay Thompson, he kept on hitting those wild three-pointers over the outstretched arms of the Cavs' defense. And it seemed like maybe it's going to be one of those games where we just, the the Cavs simply could not contain the Warriors and and stop the, the onslaught of ridiculous shots. But... In the end, you know, uh, after a fantastic game by both LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, uh, combining for 82 points, the first duo ever in Finals history to put over to put up 40 plus points in one game, um, the Cavs pulled out the victory, and it was very, very impressive. So we'll be focusing on Game Five tonight, as well as previewing Game Six of the NBA Finals again on uh, Thursday night at nine o'clock in Cleveland. But before we get going on that, remember find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast on Facebook Never Ending Glory Podcast. send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com and of course we're happy to announce that you can find us on iTunes so subscribe, download and uh, make sure that you check out every single episode not only in our archive but make sure you get notifications of when a new episode publishes so with that being said gentlemen you are going to enjoy um, my opening statement on this I am taking my foot and putting it right in my mouth um, you better deep throw that shit. Let's go. <laughs> uh, you know, after, and, and I'm going to start off with, with Kyrie Irving. After game two, I was down on Kyrie. I was doubting Kyrie. I said, is he really a guy that can help lead this team to the promised land? And boy, was I wrong. Kyrie Irvin not only put up 41 points on 17 of 24 shooting and 5 of 7 from 3, but other than his Game 1 stinker we put up 10 points, he's averaging 28.2 points per game in the finals. And he's arguably been the most explosive player for the Cavs' offense. So, Kyrie, you can do no wrong in my book right now. You're playing your ass off. It's so much fun to watch. Um, Burris, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that.
1: I mean, how many times in Games 1 through 3 and Game 4 do we say – No, Kyrie, don't do that, you know, or like he make a terrible shot attempt and it, you know, it brick. But this game, everything was going in, so it's kind of like at the beginning, we're like, no, 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 oh! And you kind of see they got into this rhythm with him, and he started doing shots that, you know, that's a Clay Thompson type shot. That's that's a Steph Curry type shot. That's that's not something that the Cavs do, and they just were kept falling. I mean, like you said, forty-one points from him is something he's very capable of doing and he showed it last night it was unbelievable to watch it was a pleasure and i just hope we can sustain something close to that you know going into thursday right
0: and i apologize It was actually game two where kyrie had 10 points it was game one he had 26 points but game three 30 points game four 34 points and of course Mm -hmm. game five 41 points and of course i'm the resident (laughs) lebron hater but I, I honestly cannot say a bad thing about his game on Monday night. He absolutely dominated both on the offensive side of the court, on the defensive side of the court. Uh, we saw vintage LeBron where he was able to, you know, bat the basketball off the backboard was just one of my favorite plays to see in all of basketball. Chase and, down blocks. Yeah, he had he had at least two chase down blocks, and it was just really fun to watch. He was raising up for some pretty big slam dunks. Uh, I'm pretty sure he had an alley oop or two, but. Fantastic, fantastic game from Le- LeBron. Our Cavalytics friends actually tweeted something out saying, I forget what stat it was exactly, but he had such a good game that it was arguably, based on this stat, like the second best game ever in
2: playoff history. Uh, so, he and
1: I were actually talking about that pre, uh, pre-podcast, what, what was some of the details of that, Jay?
2: The stat is actually called Game Score, and number one all-time is Tim Duncan. He had a 20-rebound, 10-for-14 shooting game. It was against the Nets. Jordan was two, which, who LeBron passed by like point, .5 tenths of a point, it, but, but MJ's was in 30 minutes of play, <laughs> and then uh, Charles Barkley has number four and five all-time, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. From what I understand, you take, you take the statistics across a stat sheet, and there's some coefficients that are involved into it, but yeah, number two all-time in terms of mo- most productive statistical game in the playoffs.
0: And only that, Kyrie was number twenty-two all time uh, for yeah. most for best statistical game all time in the playoffs. So, um, historical nights last night by the Cav by two of the Cavs leading scores or two Cavs leading scores. Really fun to watch. Let's hope they can do that again in Game Six because Kevin Love is currently nowhere to be found. <sighs> only shot one for five last night and MIA. just was just an absolute non-factor and. Fortunately, uh, on the other side of the ball, Steph Curry has been struggling with his shot. So um, the Cavs top two beat out the Warriors top two last night. I think that's really what it kind of came down to. But Farky, I want to I want to get your take on the game last night. You know what went right, what went wrong, um, and can this can this continue? Can this trend continue on in Game Six?
2: Well, I want to I want to give the two their due. So starting with with Kyrie. Uh, I, th- I think the neat thing is I-, I read that before the game, LeBron had mentioned something to him, and you know you can call it corny or cheesy, whatever you want, but he s- he told him be special, and and Kyrie said that's kind of what he went into the game with the mentality of. And I'll tell you, for me, he he really turned the corner in this game. He-, he you know he gave us kind of a flirt last game that he was capable of of being the aggressor, and whether or not he was completely effective on defense, he was still he was still. Putting forth the effort last game, I mean, he took all that and just snowballed it into this game again. He he still has challenges on defense, but I'll tell you, even even with the scoring surge that he was on, um, he gets into he gets into kind of pits where if he's if he's scoring like that, he he takes breaks on defense. It wasn't like that last night. I mean, he was giving it everything all his effort um, I had a buddy that said you know he, he reminded him of Zeke even I think Jeffy and gundy said that too Isaiah Thomas back when he was you know had his special playoff performances um, I, I think personally I think even though LeBron and we talked about that that game score statistic I, I really for me think that uh, ki was was more impactful than LeBron now LeBron was was LeBron of course but we we went through some issues there where maybe LeBron took or settled for some jump shots or we had some bad turnovers. It seemed like every time we did that, and all of us kind of cringed that you know we were we were going to lose the lead. It seemed like Kyrie came down and hit a shot or two and and you know extended that lead out enough where you could have some breathing room again.
1: It felt yeah. like every uh, every time they got a shot in from from Clay, we answered right back with a Kyrie Irving three or. Right. Um, we got an and one with LeBron. It just seemed like every time they threw out a big punch, we answered right back, and there was no, you know, panic. Um, they were they're were calm, they're composed, and I never felt after this, the end of the first quarter like this is going to get away from us. It really didn't. Um, it was because of Kyrie's play. It really was. Well, and, and Kyrie,
0: what was great too is Kyrie. Kyrie started the onslaught of scoring, and I think that's why maybe his game was probably stats-wise wasn't statistically better than LeBron's. However, impactfully, I think his, you're right, Farkey, his game might have been a little bit stronger than LeBron's just because without, you know, when the Golden State gets out to a a large early lead, we've seen the Cavs kind of turtle before. And that didn't happen because of Kyrie Irving coming back and making huge shots and keeping the Cavs in the game or keeping the Cavs in the lead. So um, in that regard, I think Kyrie probably is a little bit more important in the game than LeBron James was. However, we really did see LeBron James start to step up, mostly um, you know, d- dishing the ball, passing to the rest of his team. He finished with seven assists, and of course, a great stat which I didn't, I actually didn't really realize it until they pointed out last night. He finished with sixteen rebounds, which is pretty impressive for him. So, um, great, great overall game by LeBron James and, and Kyrie Irving. A hey. little, uh,
2: go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say you. You really spoiled me there, man, because I had I had an entire eight mile final rap battle uh, <laughs> segment planned out for you, where I was going to literally take every negative out of your out of your mouth for LeBron. And I mean, again, I,
0: I I wish I I wish I could be negative about LeBron James, but I always said that I will give credit when credits due. And tonight, for after Game Five, credit is absolutely due. Now, if we want to talk Game Four then I can say how he was a little bitch at the end of the game and didn't do anything to give his team a chance to win. But we're talking Game 5 tonight, so I'm Game really 5 was fantastic. i glad we didn't do a
1: podcast after Game 4, by the way. It,
0: it would have been There would have been a lot of hate. Uh, it would have been very depressing. I think we would have lost at least half of our sex bot listeners. So. Don't you
1: think like the trickle down from Game 4 really lent itself into the first few minutes of Game 5? We were pretty negative on our you know text chat back and forth, and we were thinking, this is the same old LeBron, but it just seems like he was feeling out the game and trying to figure out the pace, and it, it, we were f- so frustrated because it seemed like he was being lackadaisical on defense LeBron and not dominant 41-point LeBron. Um, that didn't really happen, probably until about halfway
2: through the first. Well, that's what but- I was going to say, too, is that you, you guys were, were mentioning that while we were watching the start of the game, but you know, I, I, I think it was more along the lines of we're lucky that they didn't go out there all tense. You know, LeBron driving a thousand miles to the basket. Kyrie actually went out and I, what was it maybe the second possession. He hit a, just a nice, smooth, open three from the top. And at that point, I was kind of like, OK, well, he, he might be feeling it tonight. But I, I think they they approached it correctly where they, like you said, kind of felt it out, let the game come to them and then really started attacking when they felt comfortable.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Farke. Um, you know, it, it, I honestly think it just comes down to, and and Burris, you mentioned this that, you know, maybe LeBron is kind of hey, he's trying to take the high road, of course, but he's, um,
2: <sighs> Bitch, refusing to attack.
0: <laughs> well, no, I mean he did attack though. Eventually, I think I think like you said, he had to kind of feel out the game a little bit though. But I think he was actually taking on the negative energy of the the Warriors crowd because every time he touched the ball it was just raining booze on him and not only was that did that drive him but also what from a, an outsider's point of view i think it's making this finals even more entertaining to watch because you're finally getting a narrative and i read an, an amazing article on the ringer today about how there are very little actual uh, rivalries in the nba you know Steph and LeBron, it actually isn't a rivalry because they play two different positions and they, they're not just going to go head-to-head and go at each other unless right. LeBron's being a fake tough guy. Um, but you're actually starting to see with the crowd turning this into a rivalry. And the same thing in Cleveland. Every time Steph touches the ball, you're going to hear him get booed as well. So I was, I was really paying attention to that aspect of the game last night, and that really, that really intrigued me. Um, and I, you know, I didn't notice LeBron James being as lackadaisical as you guys did. I thought that he was pretty impressive throughout the whole game. I, I never thought he was. right.
1: I, right. I did at first, but I think it was just the rage that was built up, and you know the, the Cleveland frustration that right. we all have. You,
0: got, you guys went into it, and I, I was the same exact way. You guys went into it thinking, or most of the guys on the text chain, saying that this series is over. There's no chance we're going to win. This is going to be a disappointing night tonight. I mean, I did get verbally abu- abused uh, by shit. saying you by saying us. a very minor comment uh, out of all the other comments I've said in the past. I'll um, give you so, credit, though, Luke.
2: You went you went quiet for quarters one and a half through three and.
0: I told you I would. I, I made my one LeBron James comment where I called him a prima donna essentially and then I was done. We, we've agreed that I've had to listen to so much friggin high, high school sports talk that I can make fun of LeBron James at least once a day. And I was very – I've actually saved up my LeBron hate for this podcast. I haven't wasted my good material on, on the text chain. So, um, well, saying I, it on the
1: text chain doesn't help because most of us are not under the fail of being an idiot Cleveland sports fan. We see kind of what everyone else sees and we kind of feel uh, the you same guys way. Are, we just guys don't want you to guys say it to us. It's like you're not big. in our that's family. We, you don't get to talk crap about us. That, that's, that's our job. It's like two brothers fighting.
0: I am John Snow. I'm the bastard child of the Cleveland family, right?
1: Yeah, like like I have a brother, and growing up we would go at each other's throats. But if somebody else messed with some one of us, we would team up. So it, Luke, if you talk noise about us, we're coming at you, all of us together.
2: Oh, I'm and so before, scared. <laughs> before, before we get off of LeBron and Ki, I, I just want to say one other thing. You guys probably noticed it. I think it because of how well and fluid. Kyrie played. I, I think this was a very noticeable play, but towards the end of the third quarter, maybe it was either, either early fourth on the right baseline near the corner. He he got into his doctor Drew dribble, dribble behind the back, and then he shot like kind of a fadeaway out of bounds shot that was just a bad miss. And LeBron said something to him, kind of like "We don't need that." It, it just seemed like they were really they played well together last night, and, and with Kyrie, LeBron. Even last night, I was watching it most of the game he demands and they were giving it to him two or three guys on possession sometimes and when he reverses it to Kyrie if especially if he gets it at the top of the key if LeBron has got two or the three defenders I mean it's it's almost a joke as long as he can get within five or six feet of the rim it's it's money Right, so it, it, they just played so well together last night. It was fun to watch. I know we talk a lot during the season about whether or not they like each other. At least last night, whether it was real or not, it, it was fun to watch them play off each other.
0: Yeah, it was definitely good enough last night. I mean, they again, they put up a, an historical game. Most points scored by a duo or first te- first duo to score 40-plus. Um, but let's talk about the Golden State side of it real quick. Obviously, um, the big elf in the room was Draymond Green was in the Oakland Athletics suite watching the game. He was suspended for Game 5 after With yet Marshawn another Lynch. hit. Right. Exactly, yeah, right, which is an interesting crew because Marshawn Lynch grabs his own nuts and Draymond Green grabs other guys' nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. But uh, you know, elephant in the room. Draymond Green wasn't there, so that opened up a lot of what Cleveland could do differently, having one of the better players in the league out of the lineup. So in game he's six, not one of
1: the better players in the league. He's he,
0: not. I mean, if you look at the numbers, he performed as one of the better players in the league last night or last year or I'm sorry, this year. He's a he's a big who can shoot three and average about seven assists a game and what was it about 18 points a game? I mean. You can't take away from the fact that Draymond Green is a very good basketball player and, is, and makes a huge impact on this team.
1: For
2: that team, yes. It, with that. In your defense, Luke, he was slightly, and I mean just slightly, behind Curry for, uh, what is it, the uh, RPMs? Yes, or, yes, right,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at his numbers for the year, again, you're right. Of course, he he's doing much better on this team than he would on, say, like the Suns, but he put up 14 points a game, 10 10 rebounds a game and, uh, let's see, just over a block and a half a game. Um, and I think the big thing about him is assist wise, he's a big who can, who was putting up seven and a half assists during the regular season. So you're missing that. Cavs lose by fifth, the Cavs win by fifteen. Golden State loses 14 points a game out of Draymond Green. What's going to change now that Draymond's back from a suspension in game six?
1: Um, Besides his face, I don't know. Like you can, you can put all the stats out there about Draymond being you know a fantastic piece for them, and it's true. I agree with that. But like you could have said last night, he saved you know a, a, an orphan child from the freeway from getting run over by a truck, and I, and I still think he's a terrible person. I think it's just I I can't buy into anything that ESPN is trying to sell about Draymond or anybody else can say good about it, this guy. I'm so sick and tired of him that I, I do not care. I, I just want them gone in a way. I don't want to hear about Draymond Green being, like, the best player on this team because he's not. He's well, I don't, give a, I don't care about his personality, but, I
0: mean, in game two, he put up 28 points and seven rebounds. I mean, but it's a it's big of like, part of this team.
1: It's kind of the inverse of, the, of all the LeBron hate because – you know if you can't stand his on the court babyish antics that people don't like or if you don't like his attitude off the court well i don't like Draymond Green's crap i can't deal with it i don't like his attitude on the court i don't like his dirty tactics i there's no place for it in the nba and i can't stand the way that people think he's a, a role model cuz he plays hard i don't i don't i don't get it i don't buy it i'm sick of it and i'm tired of this warriors team and it's, that's I'm really getting kind of frustrated here talking about it. Yeah, well, MZ18 MC-
2: MC- would say otherwise. Well, you know
1: what? I wouldn't. You know, the conversation would be out there. Would you take him on our team? Um, maybe I would, but at this moment when we have a game six playing this week, no, I don't want him on my team. Okay, but that that
0: you you totally went off topic. The question is: that's is what's going to change? What's going to change now that he's back yeah. in the lineup in game six? So, so Farky, why don't you answer this yeah, question? Yeah, you better him. Because- because is jaded right
2: now. <laughs> there's there, there some things I'm optimistic about, and then there's obviously some things that, that, that are challenges for us with him in the lineup. But first half, they were 10 for 21 from the three-point line. I saw that stat, and I was like, oh, my God, is this real? We're tied at halftime. I think it was 62-62. And they they were on pace to set the record for most threes in an NBA game. So with Draymond Green, whether he's playing or not, they're still going to shoot the ball like that. So we were able to weather that storm and, and continue to be in the game. So, so that I'm I'm optimistic about. Uh, The other thing I'm optimistic about is that when Draymond Green plays, he presents an absolute nightmare for players like Kevin Love and Channing Frye, and it doesn't matter because Kevin Love basically didn't play last night anyway. So, and and Channing Frye didn't play either. Right, he didn't play at all.
1: He's got like ten minutes this whole season or this whole
2: series. Exactly. So so the, that, those are two things that, that I'm optimistic about. But at the same time, now that Bo gets hurt, I, I, I didn't read anything about him today, but I have a feeling he's probably not going to play. Um, that hurts because they're going to be forced to start with their death lineup or their small lineup. So with that lineup, it's, it's obviously a really tough matchup for us. But at the same time... We basically played against it last night the entire game because Kevin Love was worthless. So right. um, it, it worries me because he's gonna he's gonna attack the glass. We're definitely not gonna have the same rebounding advantage that we had last night. I mean, you bring up a good point. As much as we hate him, he, he plays his ass off. He's in every play. Uh, he'll come down from time to time and he'll pick LeBron up and he'll take it as a challenge. And, and a lot of times he does well. Um, so yeah, it, it's it definitely I think gives them an advantage, but for the first time and all, probably all season, I'm I'm more comfortable with us matching up against that small lineup than what we have been in the past. If we shoot the ball and and take take good shots like we did last night,
0: yeah, and, and a big part of that too I think is you know Tristan Thompson playing the five right now. He had 15 boards last night. I think he can d up on uh, Draymond Green, especially if they play that lineup. You know, however, Draymond can play on the uh, perimeter, and we we saw Tristan Thompson struggle last night
2: a little bit on the perimeter. But, but I think I think that's a, but that's a thing that worries me because last game when Draymond did play, Tristan Thompson had three offensive rebounds in the first quarter, and he only finished with five total rebounds. Well, Draymond Green didn't play last night, and he had fifteen. So right, that-
0: that's a good point. Very good point. Um, the other thing that I'm a little bit worried about is, you know, Steph Curry continues to shoot poorly. 8 for 21 last night, 5 for 14 from 3. He did finish with 25 points, but you know you didn't have that same when he whenever he shot the ball, you knew it was going in. You, just, you could sell the, the moment it went off his hand, it was not in line, it wasn't going in. Even Steph wasn't as confident as he usually was, where he just would walk away, right at the ball, left his hand. Um, I'm a little bit nervous that maybe Steph's going to right the ship, and all of a sudden he has one of his vintage yep. Eight for fifteen from three games and puts up thirty five points and the Cavs can't keep
1: up. So I'm hoping. The Cavs did, I'm sorry. I thought the Cavs did a, a pretty good job of of interrupting his rhythm. And, Definitely and really yeah. get you know taking away his his really comfortable shot areas. Um, they didn't do that with Clay, but I thought they did do that with um, um, with Curry and hopefully they do that again this week because, or on Thursday because the last time they played at home they did not do that with him and it, it really hurt
2: us. Well, here's the thing. If here's my hope and I think it's I think it's it's viable is that we all agree Clay Thompson was was unbelievable last night. He was awesome. It was so yeah, smooth. Yeah. It was fun to watch. He was awesome. He's been inconsistent. That that's his first really strong game of the series. So, my hope is that that isn't sustainable, and that shifts to Curry. I don't care if, if Curry scores thirty eight points in Game Six. I don't want Clay Thompson to to score twenty five points in the first half again and finish with thirty eight. So if those points shift, I'm okay with that. Right? Yeah. As, Draymond, long as, as
0: long as one of them, one, as long as one of them stays hot, I guess you're right. It's okay. I, and I there, see that.
2: There's your Draymond
1: point right there. How many shots is he going to take away from those two? You can see does he will shoot and. He'll shoot from three. He'll shoot from, you know, inside in the paint. So that he's going to take some buckets away from those guys. So that might hurt those numbers.
0: Well, I think he's actually probably going to take uh, shots away from Harrison Barnes, who's been putrid fut- in the series. I mean, he went two for 14 last night. So I think if anybody's going to lose those touches or those shots, it's going to be Barnes. Um, but, you know, we also, you know, Farke, you mentioned Bogut injury. That's going to kill their depth. Uh, yeah, Bogut hasn't been a force, but he's been a consistent player for this team. And um, that losing, I don't think he's going to play. He's traveling with the team to Cleveland. However, after that injury, when J.R. Smith kind of went into him, and then Bogut came down and continued to push Smith back into his knee, it just it looks scary. Um, hyperextended knee. I just don't see any way that he's going to be able to play. Um, one factor last night, and this guy really pissed me off, and I'm sure you guys still have. A soft spot for him in a bit is is Anderson Wild thing Verajao. Um, I wanted to just absolutely slap him last night, and it really came to a point when uh, Delhi was trying to box him out a bit, and then you just saw Verajao sweep him and then fall down and draw the, the flopping offensive foul. Um, yeah, that was on, bad. On and, Somebody and,
2: made the comment, it might have been Burris. Somebody said, you know, it's it's funny when we're watching it when he's playing for us, but it's, it's absolutely obnoxious when he's right, doing it right. to you. Right.
0: And that's usually how it is. It's all about the laundry. It's all about the jersey the person's wearing. Yeah. And, I, and that's why I think it's the same exact way with Draymond Green. <laughs> you take Draymond Green on the Cavs over uh, Kevin Love right now. But um, the, the other one, too, he, he took his, his line from um, – or his acting chops from LeBron James when – he got a little swipe to the to the side of the head by I think it was Kevin Love and
1: no it was from there, Kyrie
0: oh I'm sorry it was oh you're right it yeah, wasn't Kyrie it wasn't
1: even that strong of a hit like not at
0: all and he's he's writhing on the ground and rolling around and covering his face and he was down there for a solid thirty seconds and I'm I'm looking at it again in replay and they played in slow mo I'm like did he even touch his head and at that point you know I really wish that the uh, the the refs could actually go back and administer a technical foul for flopping because it's evident that the guy didn't get hit in the face or didn't get hit in the face hard enough to warrant 30 seconds of rolling around on the ground. Uh He's but kind unfortunately- of
1: like the the last vestige of the older style NBA, where the big men, if you can't defend and, and be dominant, then you do the Vlade Divac crap and, and go down. <laughs> like that's that's not the way the NBA is. is- being played nowadays, it's it's kind of it's embarrassing to see him as an athlete and go. That's all you can do as a player like that, and you know, tip the ball to somebody else. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Delhi actually, Delhi. Yeah. Although he did go in there and and, and play hard and fight, he had those two turnovers that were brutal. I mean, if you look at his eyes, it looked like he was doing cocaine before. Yeah. The what was, was going on with that? that? Did <laughs> he was he
0: in Vegas with you or something? Because I, you I were don't know. I mean,
2: he's he typically. I mean, we can get a solid seven to nine minutes out. I mean, he was useless last
0: night definitely definitely um one thing too i also want to mention about last night's game and and farky maybe you can kind of key us in on this but what the hell was golden state doing i understand tristan thompson is not a great free throw shooter but why the hell were they just going out of nowhere when the Cavs were taking the ball up and just fouling him were they were they trying to just obviously lebron was in a bit it wasn't even really a fast break it was a bit of a fast break but were they were the Warriors just trying to slow down the game and say well you know we'll we'll let him get one and we'll hit a three or something what was that strategy all about
2: I, I really think that it was just misinterpreted his his free-throating throwing throw ability he he's I think they showed a stat in the last three or four years he's gone from like 51 percent to 62 percent he's not that's that's not good obviously but it's not somebody like Dwight Howard or right. or uh, What's his name for the Clippers? Uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan, who's going to go to the line and automatically miss two. He's probably going to go make one and two. In fact, he did miss the first two and then made the other two. So he went two of four. What what good does that do you? It does well, not
1: what, what was the strategy behind it? Though. Well, they I mean,
2: were probably hoping to get, they didn't they get anything they off they 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 of it. Yeah, they thought they were going to get two to three points of possession off of it. And it just, it so I was, close, it was very, very surprising to me, similar to you, uh, that Kerr went that route.
0: A little bit of arrogance, I'd say. That's very yeah. that's that's very Bill Belichickian.
1: <laughs> well, credit well, the Cavs for getting stops after you know the misses too, because if that's the the goal, and we get one of two or, or miss
2: both, and then they go down and hit a three, that's a big swing, right? Well, and it's not like it was going to really affect what we were doing that much because we weren't. It's not like we were going down, getting in a rhythm, setting up an offense. I saw a stat that was just mind boggling. It, it it actually it actually is a tribute to how bad of an offense we probably ran. We had 31 shots made um, unassisted. So, I mean, we were really we were just going one-on-one. Well, I think
0: there's there's only five five assists in the first half. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, it so, so it's not like it was breaking up anything
2: we were doing. We were right, still going that, to come down and dribble
0: and score one-on-one. That's why I just did not understand what the hell that they were doing. So um, now, Burris, I know you have a few comments about the about this game. You know, comparing it to the Eastern Conference Finals in two thousand seven, and you also got some hate about uh, the the media taking a look at Golden State and how they're reacting to them. So I'm going to let you spit that for a little bit. What, what's your thoughts well, on this? The, game? The notes,
1: the notes that I had written down were that this was probably. It's up there with the same game that I watched back in 07 when LeBron took over the fourth in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Pistons. Like it's, It was that much fun to watch, um, and the performance is right up there. Statistically, it's actually even better, but I, when you go back into the legacy of, of LeBron James with the Cavs, it's that game is the one that sticks out for most people, and this one's going to be up there. Hopefully, it leads to what we want in a few days, but... It was up there, but what I what I was really pissed off about um, were two things. I saw this on uh, SB Nation today that ESPN Pod Center website. So if you looked up any of the, their pods, um, they had ads running for Warrior Championship gear. Get them now! <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And I, I don't know if that was you know just in San Francisco markets or if that's all over. I don't know, but
0: that had to been an oopsies Had to have
1: been. An that's clearly an oopsies, but it just <laughs> it just it just adds into that whole NBA conspiracy theory crap that you read on like Reddit and like the deep interweb. Um, and then Tim Donaghy was tweeting, I guess, about the the fix being in or something like that already about oh, Draymond. Awesome. Awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. About he said that Draymond had actually been suspended prior to Game Five or something like that. And I don't know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't buy into a lot of what Tim Donaghy says except for the 0-2 Kings uh, Lakers series, but. Um, Because he's out of it, but whatever. Yeah, he had his
2: pulse on that one.
1: He might. He very well could be. He could be the canary in the the coal mine about this whole series, but it's just I'm so sick of everybody on the Bay Area. I I get it. We're the little guy. We're the small market. But we have the best player in the world on our team, and then we have a guy who's up and coming, going to be around for a long time, who's probably going to be right there with Curry every step of the way for the next 12 years, hopefully with us. But... It's just disgusting, and and I'm so glad that this game is in Cleveland for Game 6 and that Luke really is going to bring a championship home for (laughs) us by being here. we're, We're going to need your help.
0: Well, I'll definitely be there for Game 6. Uh, I'm still trying to convince the wife to let me stay in Cleveland for one more night and party on Sunday night if it goes to a Game 7. But that's looking highly unlikely, but uh, crazier things have Listeners, happened. Listeners, can you
1: send in some supporting emails to uh, negpodcast at com or tweet us at Glorypodcast <laughs> and please, uh, you know, hashtag...
2: Luke's life matters, please. <laughs> Luke's life matters. Good, I'm getting political. I like it. We do um, we have some things to be concerned about, though, for Game Six. Everybody's absolutely. excited, and it, I, I even said it's a two for one if we won last night. But the more I have watched that game, I, there's things that concern me for Game Six. There's
0: still, well, of course. Well, who needs to step up in Game Six, Varky? Personally, uh, I think that Kevin Love needs to do absolutely. I think I think he will, but I think he needs to do something. He needs, to, he needs to at least be impactful either on the wing or down low. He needs to do something.
2: Well, M- our boy MZ18 has him on the trading block for a pack <laughs> of swim gyms and a fifth-round draft pick.
1: <laughs> the old NBA fifth-round draft pick?
2: Holds,
0: holds a lot of value in
2: 2016. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean – we we don't have we don't have a, a backup point guard for one. Everybody that watched the game last night, can we really put Dell or Mo Williams back in? We don't have a backup point guard, and as far as I'm concerned, we don't have a second defender to guard to guard Klay uh, Thompson. How how bad was J.R. Smith last night, helping off Klay Thompson on the Bogut and, and going under screens? I, he, he was he was smoking dope before the game. We talked <laughs> about that on our text chat, like. It's like he had
1: never seen a scouting report against his team and just showed up that day to play him. I mean, how many times did they do that slip screen? And then you see Kyrie and JR like looking at each other, like, whoops, where'd they go? And Clay Thompson's hitting a three in their face.
0: Well, and I'm in Shumpert Shumpert's still playing 26 minutes last night with that stupid man bun. And I I still, he, he played much better last night than he did the previous he did. games. He did. But yeah. he's, he's still a liability, too. So, very top heavy team in Cleveland, very top heavy.
1: The bench has gotten smaller. Um, you know, you can see it. They they're going to less guys. More guys got to play more minutes. Um, play Channing Fry. Yeah, why Channing is Fry. Channing Fry not playing?
2: Well, be, it. because most of the Cavs roster probably is listening to this podcast. I I got to say this. <laughs> it, it is going completely under the radar how critical the seven and zero run was that that our reserves had in the third quarter. That was awesome and it was huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, if if the the Cavs roster is listening to this podcast, I'm going to take all the credit because I called out LeBron James. So if the Cavs do win, it is officially all because of me. So um, my my hatred for LeBron has fueled him in this series. Not being called a bitch by Draymond Green and being called out by Klay Thompson. Which, by the way, did you hear Stephen Jackson? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Stephen Jackson and Rajon Rondo on with on ESPN and. <laughs> And they asked him. They asked Stephen Jackson about this, and and Stephen Jackson is normal, uh, um, psychotic mannered. Very <laughs> says about LeBron. Views says about LeBron. Snitches get stitches on national TV, and I was yeah. like, well, put, put yeah, the ghettoness aside.
2: Another, another thing that I heard this morning that I almost drove off the road was that I heard a caller, or, or not a caller. I'm sorry. It was actually uh, two guys on ESPN Radio. One of them said, "Do you think?" Do you think Curry's play is attributed to some type of injury we're not hearing about? It's like, oh my gosh, gosh. because he's is. playing bad, he's injured.
0: Every and everybody's injured right now. Everybody's tired. You're you're in month what? 6 of the NBA se- um, NBA season. This is the second year in a row that th- that each team is going late. I mean, yes, everybody's injured. Everybody's tired. But that's what makes the, the greats the, the greatest. They're able to overcome those injuries and they're able to overcome those hardships. And they perform when it matters most. And right now, Steph Curry simply is not doing that. And that is going to be a huge detriment to him trying to get
2: back-to-back NBA titles. If you had to play in those nurses' shoes, Luke, your are angry be hurting too. <laughs> you know what else we need to do? We need to start a pool before next season. And everybody places bets on what team will give Barnes a max contract.
0: Oh, it's going to be the Celtics, and I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> oh my god, I already, I already know what's going to happen. I mean, there's been talks about Harrison Barnes coming to the Celtics for the past four months, and it was like, please God, no. But maybe, hopefully, this NBA Finals has um, made Danny Ainge realize that Harrison Barnes just flat out sucks.
2: Oh, he's brutal.
0: He's just not a good player.
2: <laughs> no. what, if, what if you guys
1: got Harrison Barnes and Kevin Love? That'd be you know two garbage players in the finals.
2: Two negatives equal a positive. Sure, yeah. they actually make up a make it out on that because even if they pay the max contract to him, they're still only paying a pack of Slim Jims for Kevin Love. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, well, the latest rumor going around Boston right now is that Sacramento's is um, serious about moving the five pick as part of a package for Jimmy Butler to Chicago. So I'm hoping that Ainge hears that and says, here, I'll give you three for, for Jimmy Butler because I, I would love to see Jimmy Butler tied, uh, paired up with Isaiah Thomas.
2: I'd do that. i do that. I do sure. You yeah. know what? It's in, in, in something else you guys are talking about, uh, you know, the upcoming game. Mm-hmm. The game between three and no, I'm sorry, four and five. We had what one day off. I heard this today too. It's a great point. It's simple but great. We have two days off for this game. So especially with how Lou is going to have to ride these two guys into the into the ground, having an extra day off is I think going to be something that plays huge into into what we can do on Thursday. Yeah, that's that's perfect
0: right now. I mean, you know, LeBron played forty-three minutes last night. Kyrie played forty. Even Tristan Thompson played forty-two minutes last night. So these guys are definitely going to need their rest. Get that extra blow uh, in, in time for Thursday's game. So you know, it's uh,
1: a, uh, a very minute little detail we no one's been talking about. I think is very important. Pre-game, LeBron James is at the podium taking questions, and he's wearing a Undertaker T-shirt. <laughs> I do <laughs> like that. This cannot be understated. Um, is he stealing brand I don't know but maybe there's a secret weapon of having the dead man on his chest that got him going a little bit harder and brought a little bit more passion to his game maybe that's the secret so who knows what they could be wearing for the next game hopefully it's a little macho man but I digress Uh, just
2: like
0: like (laughs) the Undertaker LeBron James has no soul so with that we're out Uh, (laughs) no um, so you know Thursday night is going to be an exciting game. Personally, I think that the Cavs are going to be up for it. I think my presence in Cleveland is really going to help the Cavs put up another, you know, 120 points and and LeBron and Kyrie keep on keeping on with this, with this historical play. And this is, this is all wishful thinking, of course, but I just think that this team's got so much momentum. I mean, taking out, taking out Golden State at Oracle in a game where you lose and you go home, um. They, they've got all the momentum, and even though Draymond Green is going to be back and he does so much for this team, um, both their t- their team mentality and their physicality um, and their hitting in the nut ality. did that work there? No. Um, I still think that – Cricket's on that joke, by the way. I know. I've struck out twice <laughs> twice in two episodes. It's killing me. At least do like the fake laugh to make me feel better or something. I'm sorry. Um but I think that with Draymond coming back, it'll definitely pose a huge challenge for Cleveland. But uh, I'm, I'm fully expecting the, the tough decision of having to stick around in Cleveland for a for game seven and seeing if Jet Blue's willing to let me extend my stay in, in the 2 for one more night. Um, well, but you know, you I, always I,
1: got a couch to crash on over here at the Burris
2: household. Uh, I'm good. No thanks. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luke, real quick, uh, you're going, uh, which day are you going to the tribe game? Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Keep your eyes open because they may be doing something special. I know a lot of uh, Major League Baseball teams over the weekend. I'm doing it on Friday with the Rays. I'm going to the Rays Giants game. They're they're selling tickets, really good seats, lower level for five bucks, and all proceeds are going to the victims of the Orlando shooting. So uh, you may wow. be a deal.
0: I will definitely keep that in mind. I will definitely keep that in mind. But, uh, Burris, I'm, I'm assuming, and, and you too, Farkey, I'm assuming that both you guys are projecting a are predicting a Cleveland win on, on Thursday?
1: Predictions, yes. The, we got to get to 100. When we get to 100, we're undefeated in the playoffs, and that's all that matters, um, and that stat will keep up.
2: Yes, I like I said, I, I thought it was a two-for-one. I, I I wasn't that hopeful that we'd win the game initially, but I do. I thought it was a two-for-one. we come in and win this game, too. They pulled us back in. I mean, they truly did. <laughs> they, did. It, they did. We were so dejected
1: going in and so negative when, when that ball got thrown up in the air for the tip-off. I, I could care less really about watching it. And then, of course, about midway through the second quarter, I'm sitting on the edge of my couch, and then I'm, I'm completely back in. They've got me again.
0: Absolutely, I mean, and and hey, it's all in two one six. Damn it! Okay, so let's, let's let's stay. Let's keep the trend going. Let's keep the winning trend going on Thursday night. Hoping for a Cavs win. Finally, we're seeing some optimism in the city of Cleveland. It feels good, doesn't it? It does. It does. And We owe a
2: shout out actually to, to one of our league members before we get off of here. He's actually probably the reason we won that game. We had the unit out in San Francisco watching the game, talking <laughs> shit to all those worthless golden state fans wearing the curry jerseys. so thank you unit it was all because of you yes
0: yes the unit drinking uh drinking probably a bushlight light while everybody's drinking their red wines out at the wine bars in san francisco and napa valley um but i, I think there's no better way to end this podcast than a, a shout out to the unit um and farky thank you again for joining us uh, i'm sure we'll have you on Hopefully, after uh, Game Six win in Cleveland, if I'm able to um, access a computer, so we can talk. Um, and again, Burris, thank you very much for joining us tonight, too. It's
2: my pleasure, guys. Don't forget to uh, maybe maybe they'll give us a booth next to ESPN at the parade. We can get a we can get a segment in.
0: I think we're there. I think we have enough enough iTunes episodes to to at least get a media pass. Right, we better
1: number one podcast in Northeast Ohio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Number one, New England and Cleveland-based podcast in Northeast Ohio. If they kept right.
1: stats on that, I'm sure that would back it up, but they don't. There's no stats to back that up, you know, in those markets. So I'm gonna keep right. So it. we
0: we can say whatever the hell we want. You're absolutely right. Exactly. That's that's a that's a fantastic point. And so. fans,
1: don't forget, you need to make sure you hashtag uh, Luke's Life Matters and email his wife to make sure that he can stay on Sunday after a Cavs win on Thursday.
2: That's important. And one last thing for me, I, I gotta I gotta. Shout out to Keith with Cavalytics Podcast. If he's out there listening, I'm not letting you run away from this. I want to hear it. I want your answer on who the most valuable player to their team in the league is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we, with that, we are out. This is the Never Ending Glory Podcast. Please make sure you check us out on Glory Podcast. Uh, that's our Twitter handle. And on Facebook, Neverending Glory Podcast. Send us emails. Please send me uh, good reasons to give my wife on why I should stay in Cleveland at negpodcast at gmail.com and of course find us on iTunes with that we're out go calves. Go, right. go
2: Cavs
1: go calves.